Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of Films, Movies, and Motion no, Pictures. No, it's Movies, Films, and Motion Pictures, but whatever. Yeah, keep telling yourself that, mate. Um, <laughs> my name is Zandy. I'm a writing major. Um, I'm my joined na- here by... Uh, uh, my name is Alex. I'm a film major, focusing on, <laughs> s- focusing on screenwriting, so <laughs> we are kindred spirits. I'm Claudia. I'm also a film major, focusing on screenwriting and cinematography. <laughs> and well, we're here to talk about fucking movies, films, and motion pictures. Isn't as, that right? That's as our the, rating system. As the as our the, positive the fucking system. title might suggest. Yeah. So <laughs> we're gonna get started here. Um, we've got two films. That we, we're gonna talk we about watched today. two films in preparation for this episode. Someone here <laughs> did a lot of research as well. Someone also did minimal research, and I don't think. I think the other person here didn't do any research. <laughs> For our audio <laughs> listeners, Alex and Claudia are looking at me very intensely, and I don't like it. There's a palpable <laughs> sexual tension in the room, and uh, <laughs> so you could cut through it with a knife, honestly. It's bizarre. Um, but our first film we're going to talk about today is Mandy, uh, from 2018, 2018, yeah. directed 2018. by uh, Panos, Panos Cosmatos, Cosmatos, which is probably the best director name I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's, like, I'm envious of that name. And Honestly. it's only his third feature. His third? Yeah, his he third. made Beyond the Black Rainbow, which is mm. a film in 2010, which is also about cults. Yeah, so and about LSD. A, <laughs> yeah, it's about a woman escaping a commune. And then in 2013, he made a historical documentary called Rewind This about the creation of the cassette. Oh, shit. Oh, that's pretty cool. Damn, I, I, that. that wasn't on his IMDb page. I looked for it. And then he made <laughs> Mandy in 2018. See, I did do research. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> And his father was my George father. P. Cosmatos, who's a director screenwriter and directed Rambo First Blood Part Two, which is probably a stupid title. Yeah, but, but it's probably one of the funniest action movies you will ever find out there. Weird Al Yankovic did a parody of it. Oh shit! We should and, do. Um, we'll do an episode on the Rambo series. I think as a whole. Oh um, yeah, some, they're some, they're some a in the wonderful future. little yeah. hole to go down. <laughs> oh, should, we, should we give a brief synopsis of Mandy? Sure, sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So the film starts with Nicolas Cage playing uh, the character Red. Playing the character Red and a King Crimson song. And a King, that's right. It starts off with "Starless" <laughs> by King Crimson, so you know this shit's gonna be good. Uh, so Nicolas Cage uh, lives out in the woods in a house constructed almost entirely from windows. It looks cool as shit. With um, yeah. his wife. Are they officially oh. married or just partner? I think they're just partners. Yeah, yeah. With, with, yeah his, partner. with his partner, drum roll, Mandy. Mandy. Yeah. Oh, oh, there's the title. It's the name of the oh film. Oh my god, it's the title. Woo. They live out in the woods in a fucking house made of windows, uh, which, as I said before, looks cool as shit. It's fucking awesome. The pr- the production design on the whole in this film yeah, is, I think, off in the in terms of genre, in terms of genre films, particularly with this budget and like. This little, How I suppose, six million USD. Six million, which US is that's like dues. comforting going into the film industry that you can make something so fucking fantastic yeah. mm-hmm. with six million yeah. USD. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. So for for the um, so they live out in the woods and they have you know they're fun very times. isolated. They're, they're super isolated. They're they're the people that um, they're the people that the Instagram van lifers are trying to imitate and failing. <laughs> 
so they live out in the woods. Red makes a living chopping down trees with a chainsaw. That is relevant later. And um, Maggie yeah. works in customer service, and she's the worst she's customer the wor- service <laughs> worker ever. That's true. She's yeah, just like, she's she's just like, like reading a book the whole time. Yeah, she, she gets, she gets confronted by a customer and just says bug eyed at her. But <laughs> she's like, just like, oh, okay. 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 <laughs> um, anyway, Mandy's walking along the road when a van full of... Um, cult members drives past her and the cult leader looks Jeremiah. over her. Jeremiah. Jeremiah Sand. Jeremiah One of the Sand. best villain names I think of any Absolute genre film I've seen recently is Jeremiah Sand. Jeremiah Sand. Like he... that screams cult. It's like almost oh, a so Dickensian character. Yeah, well, it's, it's the kind of almost the, the Midwest biblical name, I yeah. think. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremiah looks over at her and goes, oh, Zam! <laughs> um, and immediately desires her for the cult, which kicks off a huge chain of events that uh, leads Red to basically become a horror movie villain. It's he. It's kind of like a revenge film. Yeah, we, we won't spoil too much uh, because we because do want you to watch it. This is like one of those movies where I think Tame Impala reference the less you know the better. But yeah, going into this movie, I I knew what I I knew what it was. Mm. I was I think far more familiar with it than you guys were. Yeah, yeah that's but probably true. Even even then, it's still fucking phenomenal blew to watch. It, it is. It blew me away, honestly. Like, yeah. I, that, I'm I'm gonna say this now. I'm I'm thinking like low low tier motion picture, which is in our rating system. I think that that's the highest tier. I give it a full-on motion picture, honestly. I'm, yeah, I'm saying, motion I'm saying motion low picture. motion picture because I think it's like it's very experimental, mm. and if you have any slight interest in it, it should be on your like immediate watch list. Yeah. But if it's not for you, it's really not. Yeah, it is. I mentioned this when we were watching it. It's like what film students dream of making. Yes, yes. that's ex- that's yes. exactly it. Yeah, yeah, you you go into cinematography class, and then you're looking at like Justin Kurzel's Macbeth, and then this, mm. and you're like, oh my god, the colors. <laughs> and you're like, you're thinking about like color washing frames and stuff like that with photography smoke, and it, yeah, it's basically what all cinematography courses are made of. You look at the Blade Runner. Um, 2049 cover yeah. art and you go <gasps> yeah you, you look up at your poster of Roger Deakins on the wall <laughs> and pray to Father Deakins every night <laughs> you, you, you gingerly touch his face and go oh, yeah. I failed you father <laughs> but um, actually talking about poster art reminded me of something that Panos Cosmatos the director actually said really? um, in an interview um, which was that while he was growing up there was a video store in his town and he would go there, and his parents would never let him actually watch any of these movies because they were all rated R, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're all these, you know, classic, you know, B-horror movies. Video nasties, basically. Yeah, video nasties, yeah. yeah. But he would look at the cover art, these beautiful, kind of vibrant, insane paintings that they would use for cover art back in the day because, of course, they didn't have digital photo manipulation. Um, you know, take the the um the cover art for Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a great example. That's a classic. Yeah. And Nightmare on Elm Street no, is Nightmare a really Street, great yeah. one as well with the knives going yes, through the yeah, wall. Exactly. So cool. But um because he wasn't able to watch any of these films and only see the cover art, Mandy, he said, is kind of born of the imaginary film that he formed in his mind just by looking yeah, at his cover. Yeah, I remember he also said something on the, in the making of um, mm. that he also took a lot of inspiration from Fangoria magazine, mm. which is really important to this film because it oozes cult 
movie mm. status. It's a cult movie about cults. It's, it's a cult movie about cults, obviously. Like, it's mm. kind of funny, but also, like, <laughs> it, it's it's basically just created to be a very niche yeah. movie. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think uh, I admire it yeah. completely. Yeah. It, it's, it's Kino, I think. It's... it's <laughs> And by that I mean, by that I mean both in the meme sense, but also that it's kind of an uncompromised vision. Yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways, at least watching it, it feels like. I think there's a clip of David Lynch saying, "Who gives a fucking shit how long the scene is?" And I think it that channels that kind. It channels that kind of Lynch energy of just yeah. uncompromising. Zero fucks given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what I want to put on screen, and I'll fucking put it on screen. And, and like it worked out. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, oh, oh yeah. critics oh, have yeah. given it a score of ninety percent. I think that's low. Really? I think that's, that's low. Yeah. I think I, I'd, I'd put it at like ninety five. But like the yeah. audience score is fucking shit. It's sixty seven percent. Well, audience went well, in no. expecting Nicolas Cage being funny National Treasure Man, and instead got. <laughs> but that, that's King what I mean. Crimson. It's <laughs> like <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like it's not for certain people. It's oh, like the yeah. audience score yeah. is much lower than the critics score. Is like I reckon all those audience scores that are really positive are all of five stars and then yeah. there's just gonna gonna be the people who just it just doesn't gel it, with yeah exactly mm-hmm. well it's it's again kino is not for everyone for to have um that kind of unique charm to it i suppose for lack of a better phrase it's um you do have to sacrifice a certain amount of mass appeal yeah yeah it's know? like watching a bergman film yeah, yeah, sure. Except you know, it's. I mean, a, I fell asleep. It's not a sleeping in, aid. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep in Persona, but I appreciate it. I should probably watch it again. Yeah, mm. but I think Mandy has that same sort of appeal to it, where it's mm. like, it's either gonna work for you or it's not. Yeah. Also, I mean, that's if, kind of like, isn't the whole point of film where it's like, if you're writing a film, your target audience should just be you. Yes, and exactly. That's, that's what Danny said that's about what, making June. That's yeah. what Daddy Danny said about making June. And True. just, I don't want to talk about June too much because we should do a full episode on June, yeah. especially even in when both parts of uh, the new June. I'm holding out for part two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, that that shit is gonna be so. I good. would love to do an episode where it's part one and two of June, and then we compare it to the original. June. Yes, Lynches. Uh, Lynches. <laughs> talk about Hodorowskis. Um Anyway, that's enough content to fill an entire episode easily, so I'm going to say two things. The first of all is that um, there is one joke in Dune, a single joke. The rest of it is almost completely humorless. And the fact that a major blockbuster was able to... You know, there's no quips in Dune. There's no there's no witty one-liners to break the tension of the genocide of <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking Atreides clan, you know? Um... And I think for that to be in a blockbuster, that's not something you fucking see every day. Well, no, because it's it's like due to the MCU mm-hmm. and like the writing, particularly of Joss Whedon. Joss like it started Whedon. off like yeah. it, it's like mile a minute, mile a minute writing. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like quip after quip after quip, mm-hmm. and then that's influenced like every major blockbuster is just quippy, mm-hmm. stupid kind of self-referential, mm-hmm. and like. Yeah, it works, right? It it works for the depending on the context, mm. but those are movies, not th- those are movies. Yeah. They're not they're not aiming for a higher purpose. Yeah. They're like basically Martin Scorsese was right. They are <laughs> Scorsese was right. He you was. They first, they are just they are theme park rides. <laughs> that's that's like the hottest take I have on the MCU. Is that yeah? Sure, they're fine and whatever but they're theme park rides june is not a theme park ride it's it's based on it's based on a very literary book yeah well it's it's the, it's the fact that the june's case is so rare because 
it's on the surface at the at least you know Dune is not Dune Part One is not a movie that has mass appeal. You know, it's this weird kind of quiet, understated sci-fi about a space twink going to a <laughs> desert planet. Except it's not funny and it's not colorful and it's not you know people aren't swinging around laser swords and, and like, yet it still made a shitload of money. I feel like a lot of the money was just people who liked the actors going. Yeah, oh, that's true, that's true. But it's the fact that it introduced a shitload of new people to Dune as well. Anyway, back to Mandy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, 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 no more Dune, back I to Mandy. I said I was going to say two things, motherfucker. Oh, I, I haven't fuck. finished. Have you, heard of, <laughs> have you heard of Rendezvous with Rama? No. no. I have, but I have no idea what it is. So Rendezvous with Rama is a novel by Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, yeah, that's the, this is the one getting the adaptation. Yes, by, by Denny. By Daddy Denny. Now, <laughs> yeah. let me tell you, the, the core... So, for those of you who have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, Rendezvous with Rama um, is a novel about Arthur C. Clarke. It's set 100, 200 years in the future. Humanity detects this very, very suspiciously cylindrical asteroid um, zooming through the solar system, and they realise that it's a perfect cylinder there's no possible way it could have been formed naturally. And so they're like, oh shit, we've got aliens. And they send a team to investigate. Um, and most of the book, uh, most of the kind of wow factor of the book comes from just Arthur C. Clarke describing size and scale, which is why, you know, now that uh, Daddy Denny is selected, is all, all slated to direct, it's going to be mind-blowing if it ever comes to completion. Sounds very Arrival-esque. Yes. Alongside yeah, exactly. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah, well, do you remember the Highliner from June? Yeah. Yeah. Picture that, but an entire movie about it, oh, basically. Sick. All right. The, yeah, Rama itself, the actual cylinder, is a rotational habitat. Produces gravity through rotation. Oh, cool. Uh, which cool. is kind of, yeah, is one of the the first books to tackle such a concept. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Anyway, sorry. Mandy. 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 <laughs> Mandy. Mandy. That's Mandy. not June. I've Mandy's got something nuts. you guys will love. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I went on the villain's wiki. <laughs> 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 so in Mandy, there is like a biker gang mm. called the Black Skulls. Fucking metal name, by the way. Oh, absolutely. That's incredible. So in the actual <laughs> film, there's like four members of this bike gang, but in the film, you don't really hear the, any of their names. Hmm. The villain's wiki, there are names. Yeah. The best name is belongs to one, one the best, the most iconic mm. from the Black Skulls, who is this member whose dick is a knife? <laughs> yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's Do like you want to guess his name? Knife dick? It's fuck pig. Panos well Cosmatos. done, Panos. Well you've, done, you've Panos. Fucking, you've done it again. Fuck Pig. Seriously. Fuck Pig is great. Fuck Pig, but not the movie. That was great. We'll talk about it um, in another episode. Pig 2021. So yeah. Not to be confused with... No, not, not to be confused with the... Both uh, have Nicholas Cage. The iconic character from Mandy's Nuts. Yeah. Um, fuck Pig. Seriously. I mean, uh, we, we went and saw The Tragedy of Macbeth in cinemas the other day. I mean, Shakespearean dialogue, this really is Shakespearean stuff here. I don't think William could have wrote fuck pig. <laughs> True. I forgot to say that joke, by the way, when we were in cinemas. I was going to say, oh, Shakespearean dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Ooh, sorry, go on. You were about to say something. But um, so I, think, I thought you were going to go, uh, I thought you were going to go like, Mandy is very Shakespearean in it. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it's not far off, is it? No. Kind um, of tragedy... Yeah, it's it kind of 
it almost is Macbeth. It's, no, it's not. No, Macbeth. Not, not Macbeth. But it's <laughs> not, not at all. No, Macbeth. it's got the same thematic <laughs> undertones of like Macbeth being like disruption of nature and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, Nicolas Cage's um, character. This is slight spoilers, so if you care about Mandy, which you Skip. should, don't fucking listen to what I'm about <laughs> to say. Um, there's a scene where um, Nicolas Cage's character Red takes acid um, and. Um, basically fucks up his entire brain for the rest of the movie and he turns into a horror movie monster from that point out basically but it's fucking wild it's absolutely wild but the actual scene itself um, the kind of hallucination scene is insane if you kind of pause and go frame by frame you can see that they did the melting head effect from Indiana Jones yeah, um, that's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, they, they did the melting head effect with Nicolas Cage's head and then just spliced a few frames in there along with some other psychedelic jazz. But um, I was watching a clip from Beyond the Black Rainbow because cu- my curiosity got the better of me. They <laughs> did that in Beyond the Black Rainbow as yeah. well. So, I don't know, he, I guess he really likes the melting head <laughs> effect. And it's um, a cool effect. Can't it's a it. very, very cool effect. And another thing I feel I should mention while I'm on this tangent is that Mandy makes extensive use of 2D animation um, for these kind of insert scenes. Yes, yes, the insert. Yeah, Yeah. that was so good. I mean, it's very brief, but it works Mm. with what the film's going Mm -hmm. for, which is just... as As soon as Nicolas Cage takes the acid, the kind of lines between um, realism and magic and this kind of (laughs) magical realism really start to blur. Like, there's a couple scenes where... He's, you know, he's riding his quad bike through what is ostensibly an alien landscape. You know, there mm-hmm. are two moons in the sky and these weird, fucky, crescent-shaped mountains in the background. But it's never quite made clear how much of it is a hallucination and how much of it really is the supernatural. But I do like... Because, like, at the beginning, Red and Mandy have a conversation about the planets mm. yeah 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 and that's, so i that's do right. like that's how right. yeah, like th- the last shot is him looking at the sky and it's like just a very a it's yeah. a very foreign kind of look i i suppose that's the through line then from mm. like not thematically but there's there's like kind of a motif there of like alien landscapes and stuff like that because mandy's yeah. reading like that, her fantasy right. book and stuff mm. like that mm. and then there's and she's drawing segment, fantasy she's characters. drawing fantasy stuff she's like talking about fantasy this entire time and i suppose that's the through line the the motif that's yeah. throughout the film and I suppose you could look at it in a way as like hit as the world to him I suppose it's very it's an exercise in subjectivity isn't it because yeah, yeah. the world's not actually like that but I suppose he's seeing it as an alien landscape both because of the the LSD cum <laughs> jar that he drank out of <laughs> and, and um also been through and also like, losing Mandy like yeah oh, spoilers but like that's the first third of the movie. It's a revenge movie. You know what happens. Yeah, yeah. I think we should. We sh- if you haven't fucking guessed by now, we're getting into pretty heavy spoilers. Yeah, territory. this is spoilers. So if, you have, <laughs> if you have not seen Mandy, turn this the fuck off and go, go watch, watch it. it. If you Seriously. have even slight of an interest, or you're listening to this, go watch Mandy. And if Mandy. you're still on the fence, just know there's a chainsaw fight. So oh, the chainsaw, the chainsaw fight. fight was so oh. cool. He forges his own weapon. 
And the weapon looks like an F from like a heavy metal font. Yeah, it's insane. But like he forges the weapon, then immediately loses it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the weapon called the beast. The beast. <laughs> oh, and the colors, the colors, the lens flares. And the, the um, it's basically the film grain. It's basically just a ref- massive reference to the opening of. Conan the Barbarian, which I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with, but it opens it. with a very similar kind of sequence. King Crimson? No, not King. It doesn't <laughs> open with King Crimson. Okay, I'm, I'm but, not um, interested. I'm not interested. But, <laughs> but like with the same kind of massive contrast of yeah, lighting yeah. with the hot, hot metal mm. and mm-hmm. being forged into like a, yeah. a deadly weapon. I know. It's he said in an interview. I know this is probably another massive tangent, but um. I remember Panos Cosmatos saying in an interview that he wanted the colours and the film grain to boil, in his own words. I think that's a fantastic way of describing how a lot of this movie feels, just in terms of the visual experience. You know, psychedelic um, acid trips aside, and and action scenes aside, like, um, for instance, whenever a car is driving, the brake lights are always cranked up far yes. beyond where they could go realistically in real and life. Like, so the entire behind the car is just forest and it's just all red. It's just red magenta flooded um it's so into beautiful. The camera. It's, it's basically beautiful. like if you got two tungsten lights opened opened the barn doors on the maximum <laughs> and then just put red gel over them and you yeah, just like yeah. shoot them at the forest. That's basically what yeah. it looks like. It's mm-hmm. so cool. The film is not realistic, but no. It doesn't have to be. No, it's not going for. It's 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 immersive. Yeah. It's immersive in exactly the opposite way that. Oh fuck! I don't want to say it again. In the way that Dune is. <laughs> Dune is immersive, particularly in cinemas and in IMAX, because it pulls you into the film. Yeah. Mandy is immersive because the film is in the room with you. <laughs> it's it's the other way around. Yeah. It jumps out of the screen. I you will don't go say. In. Like the first half is definitely more grounded and realistic than oh, the second yeah, half. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's a slow escalation. It's kind of like a, like a rising shepherd's tone. Slowly, yeah. the pitch. Yeah, getting I feel higher like yeah, when yeah. Mandy dies, that's kind of where it becomes mm. more more fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the tiger. The t- yes. What the fuck was up with that? <laughs> yeah. Nick, it's Nicholas Cage. He's oh, oh, that's right. The tiger the shirt. Tig- yeah. Yeah. The tiger. Yeah. Nicholas Cage wears a tiger shirt. And um, at one point in the movie, he meets the chemist, who's the guy who makes acid for the cult. Um, and he's got a pet tiger. He, he has a pet tiger in a cage. And he just lets the tiger out, and the tiger just <laughs> leaves the room, and that's it. <laughs> no, th- there's a scene a bit later where you see the tiger kind of going, oh, in front of this weird um, kind of fucky background. Oh, another thing to mention is that the stars and the sky in this movie, the night, st- the night sky, is never just a night sky. There's always VFX on it. There's always these kind of swirling nebulae and um, comets and streaks yeah. of dust. Mm-hmm. It looks very, very reminiscent of, um, you know, old those that old painterly style of movie posters. Um, but, yeah, it's um, Nicolas Cage in one scene after Mandy has been horrifically killed in front of him um, he walks into his bathroom in his underwear Wait, hold on there's a goblin scene the Cheddar Goblin yes we should we'll my see. favourite man. Mandy Wait, is burned to death yeah in front and, of him and then he has to escape being tied up with barbed wire with barbed wire it's really That's bloody fucking horrible yeah. and then the next scene there is Cheddar Goblin which is an ad for like mac and cheese with a goblin that they made specifically for this film 
And then the very next scene, Nick Cage is having a full-on breakdown. Chugging a bottle I, of vodka I in read his underpants with a tiger on his t-shirt. And just screaming. And just screaming. Which is, the, honestly, I can songs. relate to it. Um, <laughs> I saw a comment online where someone was talking about the scene and how it's like one long shot and mm. the camera, the person behind the camera, one point takes like a step in and is clearly, you know, going closer yeah. to Nick Cage, but then Nick Cage moves and the camera, and the goes, camera goes back. back as if yeah. it's afraid of him. Yeah. It, whether Regardless of whether that was planned or not, it's fucking excellent. It and works so I read well. somewhere actually on the Cheddar Goblin, um, no, mm. this was, I had a, I have a little booklet with my copy of oh, Mandy. the Cheddar Goblin vomits mac and cheese. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. But by the way. Look at, it's on YouTube, look it up right yeah. now. It's, it's like one it's minute incredible. long. Yeah. Um, but Panos Cosmatos got the mm. idea for the Cheddar Goblin because mm. he was looking at um, a GIF of the... GIF. 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 Uh, GIF. <laughs> GIF. You're outnumbered. You fucking troglodyte. <laughs> anyway, he was looking at a GIF of um, the ghoulies, mm. which, like, you know, the little goblin things, vomiting mm. slime. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. Or he was looking at a GIF of them, of, and then he thought of them vomiting slime, and then he was like... It, it just kind of spiraled. It's like the snowball effect. It's like, what if there's a little goblin vomiting mac and cheese? And thus, the cheddar goblin is born, and the world is a much brighter place because of it. See, the thing is, the thing is, you know, you could make the argument that you could cut it from the film entirely and you wouldn't lose anything, but I don't mm. think that's true. Because it's not plot relevant, but it is very much tonally relevant. I, I saw someone comment online saying that they liked it because it implied that even though Red had gone through something traumatic, the rest of the world hadn't, and yeah, they were just... they didn't care. They yeah. didn't care. They just See, kept going. I think that's art wank. I think, Panos, <laughs> I, I think Panos Cosmatos put that scene in the movie for two reasons. One, because it was funny, and two, because it was something personal to him, mm -hmm. or to at least someone who was part of the crew, because yeah. those, especially as someone who kind of grew up in the 80s and 90s, not that I did, but, you know, my parents did, those kinds of commercials were just, you know part of living I suppose especially in the 80s you'd have these bizarre no budget kind of shitty looking commercials played from time to time oh that reminds me the intermediate time period in Mandy it's never do we ever get a, a proper establishment of when no. it's set no. 80s I think uh, was it 1983 1983 don't because the title card for the Shadow yes. Man oh, 1983 right. AD 1983 AD yeah, yeah I totally Andrew forgot never mind but like, there are plenty of examples of commercials like the Cheddar Goblin that exist in real life. It's just the Cheddar Goblin takes that kind of bizarre, what the fuck am I watching-ness of 80s commercials and cranks it up to 11. Like, um, I was about to say the exact same thing. Like, like, yeah, cranks it up to 11. Cranks it up yeah, to 11, yeah. Um, because, you know, there's it just goes absolutely off the rails. There's a scene where the Cheddar Goblin vomits mac and cheese onto the kids and they start screaming. But <laughs> so they're, like, happy. <laughs> but the Goblin isn't this cute cartoon character. It is grotesque. It looks like Freddy Freaker. It's... My God. Yeah, it's... Um, it's, it's it, I think it's, it's part of the tone because it's a film deeply rooted in kind of this personal nostalgia um, in the mind of the creator, I think. And the Cheddar Goblin is part of that. I just spent maybe five minutes defending the integrity of the fucking Cheddar Goblin. Um, I can't, no one will blame you. No if they watch Mandy, no, no one's going to blame no, you. Because true. I think it's it's one of the most memorable bits of a film yeah, that is oh, already incredibly memorable. Absolutely. I it's, mean, I remember, I remember we, we watched it in my living room, just on my telly. And yeah. within the first two minutes, I was thinking to myself, 
fuck, I wish I could have seen this in cinemas. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. We're, we're all just thinking, oh, God, if we caught this in IMAX. <laughs> oh, my God. But the other thing is is that um, by the end of the film, I think I said something along the lines of, I think I got what it was trying to say, but for the life of me, I can't fucking explain what that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know? Like, I, I couldn't tell you what, what Panos Cosmatos was trying to say, but I know what it is. I just couldn't tell you. I feel it's, it's, like you it's can't one of put those things. Words. Yeah, you, you can't, can't put it it's, into words. It's inexplicable, but it's it's just. I suppose Manny's not really trying to convey a message. More is more a is, is a feeling. Yeah, and the only the only way I could describe it to you is by sitting you down in front of Mandy and getting you to fucking watch it, which you should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we can assume anyone who's made it this far <laughs> has either watched it or is definitely going to watch it. I think it's on Shutter. So take the free month, take the free month trial of Shutter. Shutter. Just watch Mandy, and then then get back to us. Better yet, buy the (laughs) Blu-ray. Support the creators. I mean, whenever whenever we watch something, I usually shell out for the Blu-ray because I I'm I'm a film student, student. but I also (laughs) want to support the creators. Even if it's like, even if it's not great, I want to support the industry, particularly with indie films. Yeah, I yeah, I exactly. don't want to like download a fucking torrent of it. So I mean, look, if if Alex was as into music as he is into movies, you you just know that he would have a dedicated room full of <laughs> like, soundproofing, a, sh- yeah. a shitload of vinyl records. Mm-hmm. I mean, half my room is just Blu-rays anyway. Yeah. It's insane. It's like he lives in the Criterion closet. I wish. I wish. <laughs> That's my career goal: is to make it to the Criterion closet and just take everything. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, can you move this closet to my room, please? <laughs> yeah, man, honestly. Were you about to say something, Claudia? I think I, I think I cut you off. I don't remember. You don't remember, <laughs> literally. Is there anything else that we have on the notes for Mandy? I remember. I was thinking about Mandy's vulnerability and just how she kind of seems really vulnerable and, like, the perfect mm. person to be susceptible to a cult. Yeah, that's true. Because, like, she's got, like, the facial scarring mm. and then she's got, like, this story... Slightly from weird, off in the clouds. Traumatic childhood. Yes, yeah. So it's like it's. Oh fuck! I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. That, there's oh, like a Jesus. whole scene where she's just talking about her her father fucking hates birds My and made all the kids <laughs> on her street yeah. kill birds. Yeah. It sounds like the beginning of a Joker arc, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it just. Well, no, it is the beginning of a Joker arc. Ah. It's just not hers. It's Red's. Yeah, true. Yeah. And it's just Mandy's also fairly quiet, mm. and so it's just you build her up to be super vulnerable and like susceptible mm. to cults and like the perfect victim you for Jeremiah. You feel Jer- like she's going to get brainwashed. Yeah, and then she's she- the perfect victim for Jeremiah, but then he sits her down and drugs she just her. drugs her. her with fucking wasp stings. Yeah. Like and Ill. he shows, <laughs> her shows her his dick, dick and then she and laughs at how small it is. Exactly. <laughs> he gets really pissed. Oh, I think I should mention he starts trying to crank the hog in front of her. Yeah. yeah. And he, he shows so, her he his angry. album. He made an album and it's playing. <laughs> he's, okay, I think, I think it's saying, important to mention Should we Jeremiah, talk about this scene in full? Yes. Jeremiah's yeah, sand is basically Charles Manson? Yeah, essentially. He's just because, not and he And he doesn't have a swastika on his forehead. Mm. And it's very also important that I feel like there are massive uh, parallels between Jeremiah Sand and Charles Manson that I think mm. Panos Cosmatos was very well very bloody aware <laughs> of. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, the album shit, like a weird kind of Christian. Yeah. So Jeremiah's a failed musician. Like so this scene, like Charles Manson. This scene mm. where Mandy's laughing at him, 
Jeremiah, he's in a room. He's surrounded by his cult members. His album is playing. <laughs> he's talking about how God told him personally that he's allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants to do. <laughs> he's like, he's like showing Mandy his dick, and he's like just drugged her, and he's like, yes. I want to have sex with you. Oh, he shows his dick on camera, by the way, so maybe don't watch this movie with your parents. Or do if... Yeah. Or do if they're if, into that kind of thing, you know? Uh, and, and, like, and, like, you think that Old Boy is a great family yes. film. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Please watch Old Boy with a parent. So he shows Mandy his dick, and then Mandy just starts, like, Laugh. laughing at him, which is... Like, a great kind of subversion, because you think that Mandy's just going to get raped, basically, yeah. by Jeremiah's yeah. sand. But she doesn't, and she's just basically, like, a, it's just this massive fuck you to him. Take, take like, notes, Ryan Johnson. This is how you subvert expectations. All of his cult <laughs> members are like, yes, man. They yeah. Yeah. exactly yeah. what he says. This yeah. is the first time... What's the nature we, of being in a cult, isn't it? Yeah, this is the first time, probably in years, that he's ever had anyone laugh at him. Mm. He basically starts desperately trying to claw back his reputation by and angrily jacking off. By and angrily jerking harder. off in front of her and like trying to maintain this bit of masculinity and dominance over Mandy. Mm. And you can see he he then turns around and he starts screaming at his mm. followers, you know, don't fucking look at me and yeah. shit like that. And he's He's, he has, he's he clearly trying to stop them from this idea of disillusion. He has the Nick Cage yeah. freak out. He does. He basically. Ha- he yeah. And like the next through. thing he does to Mandy <laughs> is he gets his cult to burn her alive. Hanging in a bag in front of Red. Yes. On a swing set. And his cult members, like, they're laughing. They're having yeah. a time with and their lives. I think he's God. doing this to kind of like maintain Paris. Like, um, it's basically like Luke Cabrazi sleeps with the fishes, you know, he's sending a fucking message. Oh, the Godfather. Oh, yes, yeah, sleeping aid, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I should mention is that the VFX in this sequence where um, Jeremiah's attempting to brainwash and rape Mandy are fucking incredible. They're very simple, but they are executed perfectly. The first... VFX isn't really even VFX at all. It's just a kind of a filter that they apply to the footage. Yeah, um, it's basically know. just a big color grade. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a huge color grade that tints everything this kind of violent shade of purple, um, and and then there's, there's the trails start. The trails, yeah, they, mm. they leave trails behind everything that moves. Um, I don't yeah, know the motion trails. Motion trails, yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, fucking sure. Not I wa- chem trails. I watch Alex, Corridor Alex Crew. Jones, I know what I'm trails. talking about. And it's like I kind of got the vibe where. For part of that scene, I wasn't sure if Mandy understood anything that was going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the the, the second, I thought she was just processing. The, <laughs> also, the second part of that is that the sound design is utterly, utterly incredible. Everything takes this very deep. Yeah, I tone. mean, look, if if you can watch this without headphones, if you can watch it on a on a set of proper speakers, mm-hmm. you owe it to yourself. To Five point so. one surround. Yeah, I mean, this is why we wish we could have watched it in cinemas. Um, yeah, but there's also a scene where. Jeremiah kneels down close to Mandy and starts kind of sp- speaking directly at her and the the camera he looks directly down the barrel yes. of the camera mm-hmm. it's an unbroken take for around I think a minute two minutes oh, something God, like that he's just monologuing at, at the least. camera but what they do is they superimpose Mandy's face over yeah. his yeah. and not, it's just a transition not only do they do that they, they kind of crossfade back between his face and Mandy's but what mm-hmm. they do is they they track the faces so the movement is exactly the same 
on both Jeremiah and Mandy's face. It's like it the is. eyes are in the same place. The eyes are in the same place. They crossfade between different parts of the face. And because of the colour grade and the filters and this kind of boiling film grade... And the motion tracking. And the motion tracking. It just blends seamlessly. It blends yeah. utterly seamlessly that you cannot tell where one person starts and the other begins. Or <laughs> one <End>. person ends. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's seriously... But it's not in this kind of hackneyed, oh, we're going to crossfade between two people way. It's genuinely actually kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I like that they used a crossfade instead mm. of just like, you jump know, cutting. the classic shot reverse shot yeah, jump cut. Yeah. Because it technically is shot reverse shot. Yeah. yeah. But um the use of the crossfade, you know, usually you have mm. crossfades to indicate time changing. Mm. And I think the use of the crossfade is like it as this kind of ethereal mm. blend it's, it's very that, ethereal. This, that this scene has is like you feel there's a sense of massive time that yeah. Jeremiah is just going on this massive tangent about how God talks to him and stuff like that and it's it's utterly incredible. I think from from start to finish that entire scene is maybe 10 15 minutes. Yeah. And I remember when it finished I said out loud, "My fucking god." Yeah, right? <laughs> or, or something to that effect because it was, you know, that the entire film is like that. That is a single example out of Two odd hours, I think. Yeah. Two, yeah, two hours. They have a Zack Snyder moment where he goes to a church, um, and then it basically looks like the Midsummer Church. Jeremiah's death. <laughs> Midsummer House. My God, yeah. have you guys? You, you you probably haven't seen that meme where he goes, "I'm the strongest motherfucker in the world, no. bitch," and he goes, and crushes his <laughs> hair like that. Yeah, it, it's an old, a very old meme. It's like from 2016 or something. But um, that's Red does that to Jeremiah. Jeremiah think- falls to his knees and he goes, you know don't kill me I'll suck your fucking dick man uh, to quote and Red yeah. crushes his head in his hands that and has, his eye fucking pops out that has got to be one of the best head crush effects mm. I've seen in any film period it's like that Game of Thrones scene mm. where the mountain has got the Pedro Pas- Pascal yeah, in yeah. mitts Presses and just like goes like yeah. that it's basically that but also really really cool how did Nick Cage get the strength to pop a dude's head <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon it was just yeah. cum jar infused strength I mean Jeremiah's actor really is something else he gave yes. his life for Linus this movie. Roach Linus, Linus Roach. Roach gave his life for Mandy Linus Roach I'm following your head. career now <laughs> just just know we like will. Linus Roach you are probably now my favourite villain actor yeah. for any indie film ever fucking love him so he much he showed his dick on camera you know I mean, I mean he gives me like Jeremy Irons vibes yeah he's yeah. got a beautiful voice mm-hmm. like I was starting to be part of the cult when he gave his big spiel because I was like his voice is so magnetic mm. oh you know apparently Nick Cage they originally wanted him to play Jeremiah yeah, yeah they yeah, wanted yeah. Nick Cage to be Jeremiah Sam but mm. I think after a while Nick Cage told panels that he was really gelling to red yes and I'm we got one of glad. the best. We got one of the best Nick Cage performances out of it. Absolutely, like, absolutely yes. balls the to ending the wall. scene where he smiles at yeah. the vision of Mandy in the car, mm-hmm. where his face is just yeah, he does the red, yes. <laughs> except for his eyes and his teeth, and he, he's just yeah, insane. he does he does the kind of smile you want to do when you want to ruin a group photo, and it's just all teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we're talking about everything out of sequence, and, and oh yeah, we're just if, if if you have if you have made it this far. And have not seen the film. What the fuck are you doing? Again, Honestly, just, just watch it. <laughs> Seriously, but I think the last scene that we should talk about before we move on to Evil Bong um, <laughs> is the chainsaw fight. So yes. Red, 
Yes. On on his yes. on his quest of revenge, Red comes up against members of the cult and dispatches them one by one. One he throws um, the beast at. Mm-hmm. It whirls through the air and hits him right in the head like a tomahawk, and there's a big spray of blood. You know, it's classic yeah. stuff. And, and he finds a chainsaw, and yes. he decides to approach another one of the cult members with a chainsaw. Remember, I said it would be relevant at the start that he cuts down trees for yes. a living. And this is, I remember when we all watched this in the same room. Yeah. Basically, okay, he goes up to this cult member wielding this chainsaw, right? He's trying to rev it. He's He's trying to rev it. It won't turn on. It won't start. And then this cult member leans down. He's got another chainsaw, revs it, it starts. (laughs) And the chainsaw is like twice the size. He just starts pulling it, right? And then out from behind the out rocks. from behind like a bunch of logs or rocks or something else. Red's like starting to rev it, right? And the cult the, the cult member just pulls this chainsaw. And I remember we were all like, okay, this is just a this is just gonna be a chainsaw fight. But then he pulls the chainsaw and it just keeps fucking going. <laughs> it's, like, it's like one and a half times the size of this dude. It's a comically large chainsaw. It's it about is. a meter and, then, and a half long. And then we were like, oh fuck, this is gonna be a chainsaw fight. And then we were like, no, there's no way. Not on this budget. But then it just happens and it's fucking insane. And the death at the end of the scene where the cult member is just lying on top of the chainsaw. Yeah, the, oh the cult member God. lies on top, ends up on top of his massive chainsaw and basically gets bisected vertically and then blood just goes everywhere. It is so cool. And like the shot, it's like a bird's eye view looking down on him. Mm. I mean, I I love bird's eye view shots to begin with, but that's got to be one of my favourites because it's just so... The opening too, the bird's eye shot at the opening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, The beautiful, the colour of the titles. Oh, uh, there's two more things that I think is relevant to mention. There's multiple title cards in this film. There's multiple title cards, but I think there's two things that I think I should mention at least before we move on to Evil Bong. Um, <laughs> the fir- first of all, the credits at the end have no sound whatsoever. No music. Yeah, they're no, no sound. They're no, completely no, silent. No diegetic sound. No non-diegetic sound. Just just nothing. silence. It's it's it gives me a similar feeling to the end of Evangelion. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, where the film because the credits are placed in the middle, it just smash cuts straight to a title card that says the end, and then it's over. It's like. Imagine being in the cinemas and seeing that. It's just like the director saying, okay, fuck you, get out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. It's But the other thing that I think is relevant to mention is um, when Red was revving the chainsaw coming up to this cult member, I thought, I said out loud, I swear to God, if he pulls out a chainsaw and we get a chainsaw fight... And then I think, I, th- I don't remember if I said this or not, but I said, imagine if the chainsaw just keeps going and he has a really big chainsaw. I think you did <laughs> say that. Happened. Happened. Yeah, yeah. And it just, it fucking happened. I, I lost my shit. It was hilarious. Yeah. On, on it's the, my favorite um, trope of all time. It's like the gun and then he pulls out a really, it's like that scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where <laughs> yeah, they pull yeah, out yeah, yeah. comically large telescopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think on the use of completely silent credits, that's got to be one of the best choices this movie makes because Absolutely. it's so understated. Yeah. But, like, you, you're watching the credits for this thing. You should watch the credits for movies. It's res- it's respectful mm. to the to the creators. Unless it's a Marvel movie. Unless if it's a Marvel movie. Or The King's Man. Or The King's Man. Fuck um, that movie. Yeah, we'll fuck that movie. But um, don't say that. Dude, you, <laughs> you, you go to a Marvel movie, you sit through nine minutes of credits just for a guy to come through a door and say, it's me, Blorbo, and then the movie ends. <laughs> but, like, I think the use of silent credits is you're watching it and you're just left to stew in what you've seen and just digest it. 
you just and left I her think in shock. There should be more movies that do silent credits. Mm. I think there should that be, should be something that yeah, there should be occurs. movies that do multiple title cards. There should be movies that do silent credits, and there should credits be credits at the start. Credits at the start and credits in the middle. Mm-hmm. I think credits in the middle is a choice that's been made by exactly two movies ever, and I think more movies should do it. I think the problem with credits in the middle is you don't want to end up... Like, it has to People work. People thinking it's the end and walking out yeah. 45 minutes yeah, I know, through the movie. But they've already bought the ticket, so it'll be funny and yeah. you don't lose money. Yeah, true. But also it has to work with the pacing. That's true. That's true. If it has an intermission, then that's fair. Yeah, well, th- that's what Evangelion did, and that was only like ninety minutes. More, s- more silent credits, I reckon. More yes. silent credits, and more credits at the start, so that we can acknowledge the countless hours of the people who worked on this mm. film. Because mm-hmm. honestly, to the entire crew, cast, creative team, everyone who worked on Mandy, well fucking done. Absolutely. You yes. Did, you did so well. Producers, marketers, everything who, everyone who worked on this film. Elijah Wood is part of this film. (laughs) Elijah Wood produced this film. Fucking Frodo knew this was. Has he been cancelled or something? I don't remember. I I can't remember. I don't know. But also, I just want to add. I read a thing from the UK marketing executive. I think Mm. on this film last night in preparation for this, (laughs) and um, he basically said that they consider the film successful because, like, they basically spread it by word of mouth. They made a cult God. movie mm-hmm. about cults, and they knew it was going to be like a really niche thing. Mm-hmm. But they consider it successful because so it's it's one of those weird cult movies that's kind of break broken through the threshold to more mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really impressive that a movie of such low budget and from relatively unknown director, like his Wikipedia page is pretty barren. I know is like. Good job. And Panos Cosmatos, I'm looking forward to your next feature. Well, that's the thing. He hasn't made a movie since 2018 because both of his films were complete box office bombs. I really, really desperately hope he makes something else. If he makes something else, I'm seeing it in cinemas. Yeah, I'm seeing it in cinemas instantly. I reckon it's like... People will watch Mandy... And I, th- mm. I reckon Mandy's one of those movies that it recoups its losses through home through video home releases. Videos, yeah. <laughs> like, like John Carpenter's The Thing yeah. recouped its losses through home video because uh, it was released, like, that's the very that, close to E.T. That's the movie that's basically Among Us, right? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, I, I hope that producers catch on to this movie and realise yeah. the amount of talent that Panos Cosmatos has Bearing in mind this is his third feature. Mm-hmm. Not just Panos. I mean Not just Panos, most, everyone. Mostly him, but Nicholas Cage is Nicholas Cage and Linus Roach. Linus, Linus Roach, Roach absolutely, Cage. but oh like my God, they killed everyone who worked on this movie has knocked it out of the goddamn park. Yes. Everyone, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I'm following basically every career involved in this movie. <laughs> I would I would consider Mandy the achievement of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. If you worked on that movie in any capacity, I, seriously, like, I would I, be honored to just be like a caterer on this movie <laughs> or like a rigger. I would I be honored. Yeah. If I had worked on Mandy, every single person I met, I would just be bragging about it. I'd be like, <laughs> check this out. I made this. You'd, you'd have like a bag full of fucking Blu rays full of it, and you just like throw it at people in the middle of the street. Like, what was I worked on it? I worked on this. Give me jobs. My God. Yeah. Yeah. Is there any? Are there any other things that we should talk about? Anything else in the notes? Uh, because we really should move on to Evil Bond. Yeah. Just the the practical have... effects team. Oh fuck. Well the fucking done to you effects. as well. Yes. Especially <laughs> the people who created the puppet for the Cheddar Goblin. That's yes. huge. Oh, Smacking cheese everywhere. Talking about puppets. <laughs> evil Bond. Evil Bond. But also, <laughs> but also, the head crush. 
Hats off to the team that made that crushable head. That Seriously, was amazing. Yeah. Well okay. done to Mandy. Um, okay, so again, Evil Bong, two thousand six. Evil Bong, two thousand six. Charles Band, directed by Charles Band. I need it. We need to talk about the director. <laughs> <laughs> I checked out his IMDb page. Yeah. This man's credits are fucking insane. He started working in the nineteen seventies. He's got three hundred and forty-three producer credits. <laughs> 17 director credits, 59 writer credits, 4 actor credits, and 2 soundtrack credits. <laughs> what did he score? <laughs> what did, what did what Charles Band do the soundtrack? I, I think you told me that... Um, Charles Band and his Charles Band. <laughs> I think you told me that his brother is Richard Band, is that right? Yes, his brother's Richard Band, who's the composer... Yeah. For various films. I feel like Richard Band is the same Richard Band who composed the music for it was Stuart Gordon's Reanimator, mm. which, go fucking watch that. Yeah, that is also I st- I awesome. Oh, watch it. I but briefly looked through Richard Band's IMDb page. I'm sure he composed for Reanimator, and that's a fucking awesome movie. To see what he composed. Yeah. And I got super excited because I saw Parasite. <gasps> But no, it's a 1980s movie <laughs> no. that's an American sci-fi film. Oh. It's not Bong Joon-ho's It's not Kino. It's not, it's not the guy. It's gu- not cinema. The man who made who made Soy Piercer. Jo- Charles Band's father's Albert Band, who's a producer and director, and worked on Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> not, be very clear, not, not Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. <laughs> not affiliated with Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Go Wait, down. did you write, is it Honey, I Shrunk the no, Kid? No, Blew Up the Kid. Honey, I blew Honey, up the kid singular. <laughs> Honey, I fucking killed our child. Holy shit. No, but not kids. Not the kids' not... plural sequels. The singular, probably knockoff version. Mm-hmm. Of all the other kids died. Yeah. Oh God. All the other kids stayed shrunk and probably got stepped on. It's like Alien like. 2. Um, Aliens. The, no, Alien 2. Oh, yeah, Alien 2. Yeah, Alien that's right. Two. The um, Was that Brazilian or something? Uh, yeah, um, uh, it's Italian. Or, Italian, yeah. Um, I've got to watch that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, think, I think I should mention that we will do an episode on the funny Korean man who made Snowpiercer at yeah. some point in the future. I have yet to watch Parasite. Um, um, Alex has a whole box set full of his. I know, oh, yeah. I know. Well, film. hence, hence. Um, anyway, he's in the Criterion Collection, so I'll get some of those. <laughs> yes. So Charles Band, other things he has. He has Full Moon Features, which is a streaming service exclusively for <laughs> his studio's films. He has a studio called Full Moon. Neil Breen moment. And... The the price of the streaming service it's six ninety five a month or sixty nine ninety five a year. Nice high five that and one. Sixty nine. Sixty nine. Sex if get, funny. If you get the year just if you get the year long subscription you get a twelve disc Blu ray box set included with it <laughs> of his films. He I also, mean I'd sign up for that just for the fucking yeah. box set that'd be a laugh yeah. to have. But the, also yeah. he has he has a website called Full, Full Moon Direct which is DVDs and Blu rays plus one to one replicas and collectibles from his films and I look through the website and they don't oh sell bongs. Oh. They don't sell bongs. Well, none of us do drugs anyway, so why would we want it? I would Jeez. love to have a one-to-one scale Ginger Dead Man. I just want the evil bong. I've never seen Ginger Dead Man. Well, no, Ginger Dead Man is like... I think the first one had Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, half the cast from Evil Bong have been in the I Ginger been Dead, in Man. Ginger Dead Man. Um, the cinematic universe, yeah. yeah. I think we should fucking talk. What is Evil Bong for a start? Right, yes, we've, oh, been about the, we've been talking about the director's other work for it's like a 20, ten minutes. Two thousand six. Two thousand six film about film and inverted commas. I think it's a movie, really. I'd I'd put a, it. At, 
It's a film. It's a film. Okay, yeah. I'd put it at film, I reckon. Yeah. Because, considering that they made this in seven fucking days. True. They shot it in yeah. less they, than they the time. They shot it in a week. Less than the time it took to shoot Hot Fuzz. Um, yeah. With just as much care and effort put into it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's a film. It's fucking yeah. funny. So it's just a laugh. <laughs> it's about a sentient bong where if you smoke from it, you get sucked into like this evil bong world. Full the bong, of s- it's called the bong world. Yeah, the bong world. Full of strippers that kill you. Isn't it's this... basically a stoner version of the never-ending story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's a. Am- I haven't seen that in ages. Actually, we're talking about the guy who made Parasite, right? Bong, Bong, <laughs> yeah. evil Bong Joon Ho. So anyway, so the, the the our protagonist. I don't remember anyone's name in this Alistair movie. Al- Alistair was the protagonist. People kept trying to call him Al, but he was like, "No, it's that's right. Alistair." So so. Alistair is this kind of stereo, this very stereotypical. Nerd Every character type. can be defined by like one word. Yes. Alistair's nerd. It's it's basically two dimensions. The yeah. movie. So oh by the way, I think I should mention there is there are two sets in this entire movie. Both, oh yes. Both of them are lit entirely by completely flat lighting at all times. Yeah. There's um, no depth to the lighting at all, which yeah. is hilarious, and they're basically all structured like. A stage on a play. Yes. There is yeah. no rhyme or reason to the set design in this film, <laughs> mm-hmm. other than there's a clock. Actually, no, we'll get into that later. We'll, we'll get, get into that later. So, the, the synopsis <laughs> of the film. So, the nerd um, is. Alistair. Sh- the nerd begins the movie by moving into a flat. He shares a flat with these three stereotypical stoners. There's like surfer dude, surfer dude baseball dude, baseball dude stoner. stoner dude. I don't remember anyone's name except for the surfer dude is called Buckman and I remember yes. that because I was thinking of Ehrlich Buckman, Buckman from, from Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. baby, yeah. And then I know there's also Velicity. That's the woman who is Alice's love interest. Mm. Blonde, yep. Yeah. She's been on a ton of dating shows since then. <laughs> Including a show called Dating Naked. I have to see da- Dating Naked, And honestly. she's also in Paramore's M- Misery Business music video. God damn. Um, anyway, so... Her career peaked in that music video. It I peaked think. in yeah. Evil Bong. What the fuck are you talking about? Evil Bong's a masterpiece. Anyway, so... Anyway, they... should know it's a movie. I they, rescind it being a film. It's anyway, a film. Some, some wacky shenanigans happen. You can basically skip the first half an hour of the movie. Um, yeah, it's a non-event. It's, filler. it's It's basically a non-event until they get the bong and then smoke yeah. it. So they, they get the, the they get the evil bong and it's it doesn't. It's delivered by a guy <laughs> who you only find out his name is because he's got like tape on his shirt. He's that got says tape rabbit. on his shirt that says rabbit, and you can only clearly see it in the making, in the making of special of. feature. Yeah. But rabbit, he's he's in the film for one minute. <laughs> yeah, he's the main character in Evil Bong Four Twenty. Oh my god! Anyway, is that the third one. The fourth one. Oh, <laughs> clearly it's the fourth one. They get the evil stupid. bong, and Bachman, they, Bachman smokes from it and then dies. And you find out that his soul has been sucked into this, into the bong world, which is basically just a strip club. It is a strip club, but strip with club. other other characters from Full Moon Features. Yes, So yes. the Ginger the Dead, Dead Man, Man makes an appearance. I know there's a character, I think, associated with Full Moon Features, which mm. is that like kind of weird racist doll yes. called... It's called Uga Booga. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that the one who jerks off? It's the one yeah. Who, yeah. Um, yeah. He also... jerks off to someone being murdered. Yeah. Also, weird through line with this and Mandy is it's got two, <laughs> two very violent jerk off scenes. Yeah. And, and very impressive puppetry. Oh, spoilers for Evil Bong if you haven't seen it. Who's in this for the story? Who's in this for the story? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, 
Um, basically, the, the, a synopsis of the plot is people keep uh, smoking weed and dying and going to the strip club, and then they keep hiding the bodies around the apartment. Um, but then the apartment's just like one room plus the bathroom. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then um, two the the two females of the movie. And They're I do both... use that word because I feel like the main character would okay, use that word. Every I... single woman in this movie. Is just, just a, sexual a sexual object. object. Yeah, I mean, look, might I just what add? What did you expect from the fucking title? I came to the realization that this film does not pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> I think it should have. I think it, it had the ability to pass it, mm-hmm. but I think Charles Band wrote it. Charles Band was like, nah, fuck mm-hmm. that shit. To no understand, passing the Bechdel test. <laughs> to, un- to fully understand how women are used in this film, one of the women. Her first appearance in the film, she's wearing a cheerleader outfit. And when mm-hmm. Alistair's like, oh, are you a cheerleader? Yeah. She's like, no, my no, boyfriend just think just it's think hot. It's hot. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he's like, kind of like, yeah, yeah I, I hit that. It. And then like, <laughs> and then he, he basically does the equivalent of like winking at the camera, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was going to say that a Serbian film actually does pass the Bechdel test. Um, and so does You're Salo. You're shitting me. No, Salo and a well, Serbian film do We'll have to watch test. them to confirm. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch them both and so, talk about them. Yeah, guys, stay tuned for a Solo episode. Also, uh, stay tuned soon. for Cannibal Holocaust. So I've got that one lined <laughs> up as well. I reckon that'll be a fucking a wild ride, oh, watching yeah. real-life animals yeah, death on screen. Uh, so anyway, oh, they get sucked into the bong world, and, <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> And then uh, the concept of a bong world. Oh, also, also the way they get killed and brought to the bong world is that the strippers have bras with like mouths on them. Like one has shark mouths, one has a skull, and the other has lips. And then they eat them through Mm -hmm. the bras. Yeah, it's something else, really. But um, (laughs) eventually, Alistair kind of realizes. The bong what? is evil. Yeah, and, then and he so, says, "Oh my god, it's an evil bong." Yeah, uh, and but he goes into the bong <laughs> world to try and like to try save and, everyone. It's like yeah. an Inception, where it's like but I'm then, going in. But then he only saves his love interest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah then, that's right. But then, inex- <laughs> but then inexplicably, Tom, Tommy Chong of stoner comedy fame Who plays Jimbo. Plays Jimbo. He's he's probably the saving grace of this film for me. He's like the magical Negro. But like he's, he's he's the former owner. His wife sold the evil bong. He's yeah, pissed he, and at he his does wife. The, he does the classic. Oh, that foul bitch sold my bong. That bitch he, stole my bong. He shows so he up. Her. How can you do the voice so well? What's this sou- voice? It sounds like Tommy Chong is in the studio. But he's also right angry. Now. <laughs> he's also angry at his wife because she sold his Hot Wheel collection. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. He sold. She sold all of his Hot Wheels. I mean, that's. That's the signal of a demon in disguise yes. right there. Yeah. But he shows up to destroy the evil bong. From so, the inside. So he has, like, a hammer, and that doesn't work, and he has, like, a chainsaw, yeah, somehow, and that doesn't work. Somehow this bong has, like, a force field around yeah, it's, it it's or something. Yeah, it's like the shields from Dune, um, I yeah. think, is an apt an apt comparison. I think <laughs> yeah. I think Frank Herbert was really drawing on evil bong when he wrote the, <laughs> yeah, Holtz, the Holtzman Effect shields so, in Dune. Yeah, so he goes into the bong, mm. and Eve, inside the bong world, I think Evie, that's the bong's name, Evie right? Evie is the name of the bong. Well, in the it's, bong it's world... It's the initials. It's a, it's a, it's a homonym for evil bong, yeah. and it's, I think that's it's, very clever. It's on the same level as naming the character in Hop, that weird animated live-action mm. movie, Fuck Evie, off. for Easter Bunny. I yeah. love Hop. I love Hop I used so to watch much. it all the time when he I was He shits kid. candy. The Hoff. The Hoff is in it. goes... No, I'm really special. Watch, and he shits out candy. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. So back to evil bong. No, no. Listen, so- hop, hop, <laughs> hop, <laughs> hop. Walked so Peter Rabbit could run. Fuck off, James Corden. Okay. I'm James Corden in it. <laughs> okay, back 
to evil bong. Let's get so loud. in the bong world, <laughs> Eby's kind of like on a pedestal, just watching everything that's happening, and she's mm. got a security guard. She sits there in her ivory tower. Yeah. <laughs> what does sec- the lowly sus do? The security work? guard never does anything, by the way. He looks like Steven Seagal, but actually yeah. muscular. But he never moves, except for when Jimbo enters. Yeah. In which. When Jimbo enters the bug world, the security guard's gone. And Jimbo opens up his jacket to, to reveal that he's like a suicide bomber. It's like it's like the bit in the Matrix where he got where yeah. Neo goes through the metal detector and he's like, Alright, I need you to remove all the metal objects. He's like, and Whoosh, and Holy shit. Except there's no fun Oh, the soundtrack for this movie is absolutely goaded. It's basically out. just reggae and stoner music. Like, it's on Spotify. Reggae? It's actually Reggae. really good. Uh, there's Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> oh, yeah. ICP has a song in this I movie. Penis. Oh, anyway. So, Tommy Chong... Um, Jimbo. Jimbo. Jimbo commits explosion. Um, but he doesn't actually die. No, no. And so... He's just in the bong world forever. So, he... he, he, he it's kills... like the ending of Inception. Yeah, basically. Inception stole ideas from Evil Bong. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Satoshi Kong... Joke. Christopher Nolan, please next to Paprika stole from Evil Bong quite heavily. <laughs> Satoshi Kon is a hack, or was. Right. So the Bong world collapses, and all of the characters who were dead and rotting just kind of wake up. <laughs> and they're all fine. And then, uh, except Al- for Jimbo. Except for Jimbo, that's right. Uh, and then uh, Alistair gets with the love interest. I don't even remember her. She's so two-dimensional. Velocity. Oh, that's right. No, actually, there is there is one moment that kind of lends to the to this movie um, actually being quite pioneering in the field of gender equity in films is that um, the female love interest, uh, instead of a female stripper, she gets a male stripper. So I think that's really progressive on (laughs) on the behalf of um, Mm. Mr. Band. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so also there's a shot... (laughs) There's a shot in the strip club where you can just see the roof of the studio. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, maybe it's metatextual, honestly. Uh, and so he wakes I up. Put it past him. He, you know, he gets the girl and everyone's fine. But I think it's time to say what we alluded to earlier, which is, um, you guys, have you guys seen Joker? Yes. yes. So you know how all the clocks in that movie read the same time. Yeah. No matter what, they always mm. read. I think it's ten past eleven. Well, a similar thing happens in Evil Bong. Yeah, I remember we were watching the film when this yes. happened. Is we we were watching and we noticed that between scenes and between shots, um, no, Zandy said, Zandy said, said, the, the clock, clock is I, I stuck. Stopped. And then we realized mm-hmm. when there was a closer shot with the clock in the background that it was stuck on the time of four twenty, and that is quite frankly, Kubrickian levels of use <laughs> use of mise-en-scene that only Stanley Kubrick could have achieved See, in his lifetime. That's the thing. That's actually a good, funny detail. And it's mm. because I they, remember when we realized that, we yeah. were like, oh, fuck, oh, that's funny. funny. Yeah. Well, it's because we came to it of our own conclusions. And I can guarantee you, like, maybe... 50-60% of people who watched Evil Bong would not have noticed that because they yeah. would have been stoned out of their minds. <laughs> but Might I'm I also only add 50% only of 50%, stoned? Uh, no, 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 no. Like, they'd all been stoned, of mm-hmm. course, but, like, 50% of those stoned people would not have noticed the clock. Might I just add that th- there's a bit where one the stoner guy's granddad comes to the flat. Oh, God. Yes, Fuck. and he has... He like, has there's this Christ. whole thing where the grandfather, like, he's got a new wife, and the stoner dude's like, how hot is she? And the granddad's like, she's so hot. And the stoner and dude... And it's setting up for the kind of trophy wife married into old money kind of Leonardo thing. Leonardo DiCaprio moment. Anyway, yeah. the wife shows up. She's 
old as hell. She's 95. Yes. Her actor and is this, 95. And this stoner actually says, damn it, I was hoping she was hot so I could have sex with her on the side. <laughs> he clearly watches too much porn for his own good. Listen, there's no possible way that we can convey how fucking weird the dialogue in this scene is. Although, it does have probably my favourite film insult of all time, <laughs> apart from the segment in In Bruges with across Ray Fiennes and Brendan Gleeson, oh, where they're at the yeah, cafe. Yeah, yeah. You're but a cunt. Yeah, you're yeah. Cunt. Exactly, I love that. The only way you're going to change is you're going to become even more of a cunt. Yeah. he's The granddad says to the stoner that he has a mind like a urinal cake. <laughs> <laughs> that That is something that has stuck with me for, like, the two weeks that it's been since we watched this film. Yeah. Is I just oh, thought... Occasionally I just catch myself thinking, he really urinal. said, you've got a mind like a urinal cake. <laughs> but seriously, the dialogue, this scene is so weird. It's like, it's not bad per se. It's just, it's like a piece of surrealist art because you're watching it. It's like, this is not how humans it's, work. It's strangely it's idiosyncratic. Not, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like Wes Anderson, but really scary. Like, <laughs> this scene actually fucking scared me. I, I'm not kidding. I felt unsafe while watching this scene. I remember oh the first time I watched Evil Bong, because I'd seen it before we watched yeah. it together. Yeah, that's right. I was I there felt, with you when we first watched yeah, it. Yeah. I felt incredibly weird about the Bong... All the Bong world scenes were basically so weird. Look, yeah. if, if I was So high, strangely exploitative. If I, <laughs> if I was high while I was watching this film, I would have had a panic attack and gone into psychosis. <laughs> but just because of that scene where he's talking about his wife. Literally nothing else. <laughs> just because... Yeah, that made me really uncomfortable as well when we watched it. It's like... It's psychological horror, but it's completely unintentional. <laughs> yeah. You know? It's incredible. It's like... It's it's the kind of polar opposite of delicatessen. For the benefit of our um, for the children at home, delicatessen, <laughs> delicatessen is this kind of '90s French art house fart house, fart house <laughs> movie um, about a, a kind of a dystopian future France where all the crops are dead, there are no animals left, and people are starving. And the story is about a butcher who takes in tenants and then kills them and serves their meat to passers-by. It's a very, very, very weird and very, very funny and very, very dark film. But anyway, the core of Delicatessen is that it is a psychological horror that happens to be fucking hilarious. And Evil Bong is a comedy that happens to be fucking scary. I think. At times. At <laughs> times. But through no... Other... Unlike Delicatessen, it's through no intention of the crew. Other times, it's, it's either... Ironically funny, yes. Actually mm -hmm. funny, actually funny, or just boring or as just fuck. Boring yeah. as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's definitely worth a watch. The soundtrack oh. alone, the soundtrack. They 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 have like a hundred licensed songs, and they just have the have it playing for the entire movie. There is not a single scene where there is silence. It's just the soundtrack one is like half of the credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it's. Seriously, it's it's incredible. You need to do yourself a favor and watch Evil Bond. Was it this film where I said every and every song was a different genre. Yes, yeah. yes it was. Literally everything was a completely different genre. It was like, you remember in... You guys have seen the original Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, like yeah. Every every single time, you know, it's like, oh, Harley Quinn's here. Uh-huh, you don't own me. Oh, get it, because they don't own her. It's that level of <laughs> fucking soundtrack usage. Done right, almost. Seriously, it, Evil Bong is incredible. 
It's not <laughs> it's not a masterpiece on the level of Mandy. I mean, some people might even tell you that it's not even good for an ironic watch. I I would put it at high movie to low film <laughs> for its ironic value. Yeah, judged as an judged as an actual movie. Like, this is trash here. Yeah. But absolutely. it is a hell of a watch with friends. Yes. yes you need to watch it with friends. If you're watching it alone, it's the saddest thing I can think of, honestly. <laughs> um, because you'll be bored and sad. I remember when sad. I bought it, because I got the DVD. Mm. I was so excited. <laughs> the DVD on the case, it says in 3D, in if 3D, you're high. If you're high. That's right. I forgot. It says in 3D, if you're the transition that they use but, yes. only, but only in the first half of the movie they never use it after they have this kind yep. of they have this powerpoint graphic of like weed fucking of basically just marijuana, marijuana leaves spinning, spinning up in front of a digital camera and either either it's that or it's cuts, or it's crossfades. Yeah, and it's or, just, or just fades. Or wipes. It goes, or wipes. It goes like. Oh yeah, it's got the it's got the clockwise the wipe, wipe. From, like from Microsoft PowerPoint, PowerPoint yeah. and the Star Wars prequels. Mm-hmm. Seriously, it, it's it's <laughs> like it is literally the Star Wars wipe. Um, it's that iconic is the weed transition. Yeah, and it's not even a transition. It's like a little insert scene. It's. Bizarre. And it always lasts like way too long. Yeah, it's like a minute. It's either long. way too long or way too short. Way too short, yeah. It's very weirdly paced. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Whenever they're in the bong world, it's just like topless nudity of women. Also, mm-hmm. I think that the either the DP or the director had or are they the same person? I think they're the same person. DP <laughs> and um DP is director of photography. I know, so but I think they they wore mo- they wore multiple hats in this movie. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty sure this have the same cinematographer <clears throat> as Reanimator. Oh wow, okay. Which well, is really funny because in Reanimator, apparently he he's like a I think he's Swiss something like that. Uh, he's definitely European. Mm. But in Reanimator, whenever they got a dick in shot, he'd always go, "I have Vinnies in my shot." <laughs> <laughs> and but it's weird he didn't do he didn't do the same thing for. This movie, mm. I think, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I think I think they had a Blade Runner moment, and uh, he got a massive crush on one of the actor, uh, one of the actresses playing the strippers. Yes. Because the camera just focuses on her the entire time, yeah. and yes. she's she's never even named. But all she gets other, by far the most screen time out of all of them. Like all the other strippers are just kind of like in the background yeah. and out of focus. Oh, there's a scene where one of the the female characters, the one who had the cheerleader outfit arguably sexually assaults her boyfriend. Yeah. yeah. And then goes insane and then dies. <laughs> yeah, her and her boyfriend use the bomb. And then the boyfriend just dies. Yeah. And then she doesn't know he's dead, but she's just like, I want to have sex with you. She's like, have sex him. with me. It's bizarre. Okay. She gets on a pogo stick. Oh, she, the, the pogo stick. Holy shit. I mean, look. The pogo stick. She's, that was she weird. starts jumping on the pogo stick. In order to seduce her dead boyfriend, yeah, and when that doesn't work, she just kind of gets on top of him and dies. And dies. Look, I mean, look, it's disturbing, but nowhere near as disturbing. But as the dialogue between the granddad and his grandson, like that shit fucked me up. Like there's there's such this weird back and forth of the power dynamic. Okay, the conversation. Can I just say I looked at the IMD page just oh, yeah. IMDb, IMDb page, page just now. This song, this movie has 31 licensed songs in it and has a runtime of 86 minutes, which means there is a new song every 2.7 minutes of screen time. (laughs) That is fucking insane. And several of them aren't even played fully. Several of them aren't even played fully, like they just appear for maybe 5-10 seconds, but every fucking 
term point seven minutes, yep. there is a new song being played. You know, I like to that think... That is breakneck pace. It, it astounds me that they have the budget to pay for the licensing. Well, that's the thing. I, I, I think they didn't pay for the licensing. I honestly don't think they did. Or if they did, Ooh, they worked... A, they worked. a strong allegation. I think I know what they did. They worked out a deal where the profits of the film would go towards the royalties and they knew that it wouldn't make any money. <laughs> so they wouldn't have to pay any money. Oh, some backhanded business type yeah. stuff. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, but, maybe Charles Band is an insider trader and he's actually filthy rich. <laughs> but we don't. But we don't know. He knew the market. Um, he knew the weed market would crash after the release like, of Evil Bomb. I I reckon it could just be like maybe they had a deal. Maybe they just made music for the movie. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> and like there was that, insane clown posse made. Well, no, but they probably paid for the insane clown posse song. But yeah, also, yeah. like there there are bands there that I've never heard of. I don't yeah. think either of you mm. would have heard of before. No. Um, yeah. And I think that. The it's weed probably just has. like to kind of push the bands a bit further was to appear in the film. The making yeah. of like is kind of a, a yeah the, symbiotic. The making of is honestly quite fascinating. The making of has one shot, which is higher, higher quality, higher resolution than the entire movie. movie. Yeah, it's like a deleted scene shot. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, the making of is pretty fascinating because it's basically just a bunch of dickheads having fun. <laughs> you yeah, know, they, they knew looks exactly like what they were doing. Walked onto a uni film set. Yeah, exactly. They, I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. They had no illusions that this was going to be the next biodome or something. We'll do an episode on biodomes, so stay tuned. That is folks. the worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, they, they knew exactly what they were doing. They're making a yeah. stoner comedy in two thousand and six. They knew what the fuck they were doing, and the like I said, the behind the scenes is just filled with people going. <laughs> That sounds like an allegation made in court when someone's, <laughs> when someone's trying to plead insanity, but you're like, you know what you, you were doing what the entire time. Doing. You were lucid when you're you were lucid. doing this. The thing is, the amount of work, this, the right balance of fun and hard work poured into this film. Clearly everyone was on board for this. 100%. Might I just say. Yeah. Like, like, no one half-assed you, you can You can pull, like, you can make fun of this movie all you want, but they fucking poured their hearts and soul into this they movie for, for the seven whole days they were shooting it yeah. they everyone it looked like gave their all so yeah. oh the story about the bong I do remember this from the oh, making yeah. of mm-hmm. so what happened is um, they went to a bong shop they the director <laughs> one of the actors mm-hmm. and I'm assuming someone else probably yeah they, they just they just went out to a bong shop and then they saw a bong that they wanted to be the prop and they went fuck yes that bong we'll use that and um, they made, I think, four or five identical models of the mm-hmm. bong uh, with the face of E.B. Yeah, so um, how the film works the with E.B. is every time... The more s- someone ev- smokes out of her, the, her power grows. No, it's every time she kills someone. Oh, that's it. So every she, she gains a bit more, like, kind of face. Her face yes. becomes yeah. more pronounced. So, like, yeah, so the very first um, E.B. that we see, you can't really tell there's a face. Yeah. Um, I think there, there is one. There is one, but it's, like... Oh yeah, it's very—it's just smudges. Yeah, yeah. smudges. It's very, it's very subtle. And then she kills someone, and you can kind of tell her there is a face, yeah, but then yeah, by yeah. the end, it's very pronounced. It's very pronounced, and the they they did some really incredible puppetry work. Her mouth opens and closes, uh, <laughs> but to get more subtle effects, like her eyebrows moving and her lips kind of twisting, do you know what they did? They went into Photoshop and used the liquify tool. Seriously, it's something that you just have to watch. It is is the polar opposite of that scene in Mandy where their faces are fading between each other. It is perhaps the worst and most shoddy usage of the liquify tool in any video I've ever seen ever. Not not even just film, like. <laughs> but seriously, I mean 
There's a charm to it, I think. Mm. Yeah, it's like how like the room has charm. Yes, exactly. But it's not but no. it's not as outwardly bad as the room is. Well, the room the room was made by someone who thought they were making a masterpiece. I think that's the Yeah, there, there was no there was no essence of delusion with this one. Yeah. E- honestly, Evil Bong gives me A24 vibes. There, I said it. I said it. Um, <laughs> that that's quite <laughs> that's quite the statement. <laughs> uh, the tragedy of Macbeth has nothing on Evil Bong. Um, <laughs> If Evil Bong was in black and white and in a four to three aspect ratio, you'd fucking watch it. Um, I feel like Evil Bong would be so fun to watch in the cinema. Oh my god, it would yeah. be. But Chop sadly, on IMAX. Yeah, sadly, um, dude, can we get the open matte version? Um, the 75mm print. But sadly, most of Charles Band's movies have never been shown in theatres, uh, to my knowledge. And they're all connected into the same universe as well. You have the Ginger Dead Man franchise, you have the Evil Bong franchise. What are, what are his other franchises um Ooga Booga Ooga Booga yes that's right the racist puppet that jerks off to one of the stoners getting eaten by boobs um <laughs> that's really something that happens in this demonic film. toys puppet puppet master trances basically just your kind of retro puppet master ghoulies he worked on ghoulies holy shit there's a through line you didn't know. <laughs> you didn't know we needed the Cheddar He's Gold got one. a film called Dollman vs. Demonic Toys. Yeah, I think he talked about that in the making of. Um, so, in a way, Charles Band directly inspired part of the creation of Mandy. In a, in a way, incredible. In a way, yeah. he, the posters for his movies do look like those kind of video store That's right, they do. VHS they really posters. do. The, Un- until the you get to like, the Ginger Dead the Man Ginger era. Dead Man. Yeah, well, that's... Like, 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 look at the poster for Trances, it's right? It's like Vekshinsky. Yeah, that's so good. Like, that that looks like video store kind of 80s Fangoria kind of... If there are any... Well, not really Fangoria, but 80s video store poster art. If yeah. there are any fans of um, Vekshinsky um, uh, listening out there, you kind of... When he switched from painting to, <laughs> to digital, when <laughs> um, Photoshop was really in its infancy... You can tell that his paintings just went from these beautiful, abstract, terrifying masterpieces to something I could do in five minutes. That that's kind of what happened with um, the covers of Charles Band's films. On actually, before I forget, on the topic of um, Bekszynski, again, I'm I'm sorry to any Polish people. Um, I'm sorry you're Polish, but I'm also <laughs> so, I'm, I'm also sorry that I'm butchering that pronunciation. If you're a fan of Bekczynski's paintings, you'd probably like Mandy as well, honestly. Yeah. There's a YouTube video called The Nightmare Artist, um, which explains pretty concisely... I think it's by a history. channel called In Praise of Shadows. In Praise of Shadows, that's that's right. That is a fucking excellent YouTube channel. Mm. By uh, the way. So go look it up uh, if you want to know more about his paintings. But um, also, Bachman yes, yes. has probably one of the best catchphrases in any film ever. Oh, oh my god, I love he, this catchphrase. At several points oh during this movie, he will just out with the singular statement oh, monkey, monkey. <laughs> and it, it is so inexplicably funny to me monkey. every just... single time he was in a scene and didn't say that catchphrase I was disappointed see when he comes back to life at the end of Evil Bong we all said monkey, monkey. and there was like this there's this bit where there's this kind of self-referential humour where Bachman dies spoiler <laughs> mm. But um, and then and then 
I think his name's Larnell, the stoner mm. guy, starts smacking him. He's like, come on, give me a monkey, bro. Give me a monkey, bro. And I was, and I was just sitting there like, I'll give you a monkey, man. <laughs> monkey. Like, monkey. it's probably monkey. one of the monkey. funniest catchphrases in any film ever. It's just, it's mm. so weirdly funny and you ever, stupid. You ever see the Super Mario Bros. movie? Not the crisp rat one, the original one. The one with where... Bob Hoskins. Where, where the actors had to take shots of tequila to get through it. Um... <laughs> Uh, the one from the 90s, the the villain character, I don't remember, he, he turns someone into a monkey and he's, monkey! Like that. It's it's, it's like more... the Jeremy Clarkson thing where he sees the... Monkey! 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 monkey. With <laughs> massive testicles! It's more iconic than either of those. He also speaks with this kind of ridiculous surfer accent as well. Trances oh, has an 86% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Holy shit, is it genuinely good? Audience score of 53%. Oh, fuck the audience score. Now, the audience score gave Mandy a fucking 67, yeah. so honestly, the audience can get fucked. But, um, oh, they, Godzilla King of the Monsters, the audience score was way higher than um, than the critic score, so they were right one time, I guess. <laughs> Godzilla, fucking Godzilla King of the Monsters is a good Wait, no, movie. Wait, no, the new one. Uh, not Godzilla vs. Kong. The, the no, one, no, 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 the one before that. Yeah, the one with the, Godzilla funny, two. the funny three-headed dragon, yeah. Seeing that in no, cinemas, Godzilla King of the Monsters could be any number of films because oh, you're oh, forgetting yeah, of like I know. I know how many fucking Godzilla movies there have been. Shin yeah, but like the, 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 new, the newer one though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the it's the American Godzilla, mm-hmm. not the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Speaking of Roland Emmerich, oh my. Moon Moonfall, Moonfall baby. Oh. oh, we've got to do an episode on Universal Soldier. It's oh. got to be. We need to do a Roland Emmerich episode. Oh yeah. So, anyway, um, no, but surely. Moonfall and don't look up. Same Moonfall. <laughs> double double viewing. I've I've set up an Instagram account. We'll link off to it on any platforms this ends up on, and DM us suggestions. We don't mind. We're It'll always pro- open to new shit to yeah. watch. Wait a minute, guys. Um, Can show us after? No. Yeah, show no, us after. No, it's it's important that the microphone picks this up. This is from Don't Look Up. Timothy Chalamet's character meets the family for the first time. Paul Atreides. <laughs> Believe it or not. Nice to meet you. I'm Yule. Yule. I'm a Fire Puma 142 on Twitch. You game? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who didn't yeah. hear what he said, he said, I'm Fire 124 on Twitch. Do you game? Anyway, oh, I was going to say. So <laughs> this will probably be up on YouTube before any other platforms. If we yeah. can just because we haven't really set up the other platforms yet. No. But I know it's not hard to make it on Spotify, so we should be fine to get on. Yeah. But if it's on Spotify, you won't find anything in the description below. <laughs> no. But also the Instagram name is mfmp underscore official and that's our official abbreviation is mfmp movies films motion pictures that's or not, motherfucker motion what pictures that's not the canon. fuck is that that's not profile canon. photo it's martin scorsese wearing 3d glasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he's cut this by the way <laughs> no no it's martin martin scorsese he's going uh, he's going to an amusement park He's seeing a Marvel film. Lovely. All right. Um, Thanks for Well, listening. official rating of Evil Bong to tie it all up. Film. Well, film. Film. Okay. Film. I'm, I'm sitting on high motion. High, no, not high motion picture. <laughs> high motion high movie. I'm oh on God. high movie right now. High movie. Yeah, well, it film. is a high movie. You have to be high to watch <laughs> this movie. So, But yeah. It's a film and then Mandy is a motion Mandy picture. Mandy is a motion picture. Oh, we, so, I'm going to get a Mandy poster. Say, I want to get a Mandy I've poster. I've got a Mandy poster. Zam, so okay. why is it all. not up? <laughs> why have you not 
put that. I'm gonna anywhere. laminate it. First. I'm gonna I craft to a Mandy right. poster with my school printer by printing out a bunch of A4 pieces of paper <laughs> and then collaging them together with tape. Just tape. tape them together. Just yeah. tape them together and put it but, up on um, the wall. <laughs> yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. We'll we'll figure out what to we'll figure out what to watch yeah, in between absolutely. now and the next episode. Thank you for um, listening to our pilot episode, by the way. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate uh, it. We we've, don't know when the next episode's going to be up. We yeah, haven't got a schedule tomorrow. or anything. We'll, it'll be up tomorrow, uh, so <laughs> stay tuned for that. In the, in the near future. I know we've definitely got a few things lined up, like The Fly, mm-hmm. oh. and also the films of Shinya Tsukamoto. Uh, also, we want to watch. We, we were discussing watching the American Ring and the Japanese Ring. Oh yes, yes. yes. Ring, Ring versus Ringu, Ringu. Yeah. and maybe the Ring sequel, the Japanese Ring mm. sequels, mm-hmm. Ringu and Ringu. And we have a lot of we have got yes. a lot of shit planned, so, so stay yeah. tuned for that in the future. And just yeah. bear with us for the next little bit while we kind of set everything <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, dude, we had to set up this recording setup. Uh, on Instagram, we'll send a photo of just the recording <laughs> setup because, like, the microphone, we've just got electrical tape. We've taped it, it to a stand. <laughs> we've we've taped it to a stand. Not only that, but it was pouring rain outside, so we all got completely soaked. There was also a here. bit where there was like a helicopter or a plane going over. Yeah, and so that might have um, really fucked the audio. Oh, you might also notice um, if you follow piss off underscore the band on Instagram, uh, we actually share a recording space with them. Um, so we're using a condenser <laughs> microphone to record this, which is absolutely the wrong fucking way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, editor, can you put your IP address and home address on screen, please, uh, just for the video listeners on YouTube? All right, thanks. <laughs> um, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye.